If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Mr. Primetime, Friday night, week three. How you doing, man? Another Friday, more injuries to discuss, more ex-Jets playing well, another ass-kicking on the horizon. Couldn't be doing better. Dude, it's so weird, though, because, like, week three this season, you're like, you know what? Like, how are we going to kick this off? Like, you try to build up some kind of, like, positivity, some kind of momentum. You're like, oh, I'm really looking forward to Sunday's game. I, I just can't get into it, man. Like, the, the injury report today sucked the life completely out of me. It's just like, how do you even try to fathom a breakdown, analysis, anything? It's very difficult to do. You're without your top five wideouts. If you go, you know, if you want to include Vincent Smith and Jeff Smith, you're without two starting offensive linemen now. So you're sliding in what Josh Andrews and Chuma Adoga, and you're without Le'Veon Bell still. So it's going to be plenty of Frank Gore instead of probably P. Ryan, who we need to see. I, this is going to be a bona fide disaster. I mean, the, the only chance of keeping this game close is if the Colts, you know, come out and try to be a little conservative. They have a few injuries as well. Other than that, I, I think this is going to be uh, very similar to the Niner game. Well, let's just go. Let's go you know, spot by spot here. So you're coming out this game. You know, the offensive line for the most part has been playing fairly well uh, going in. You know, for the most part. And now you're looking at McGovern is going to be out, probably emergency backup at best, which to me is a concern. Double down that Josh Andrews is replacing him, and he, this is his first start in six years. So when you this is when you had Jonathan Harrison, which we talked about what weeks ago. Like you know. That's why when they cut him, I was surprised. Like, that's your backup center who has chemistry with Sam. He knows the offense, all this stuff. Now he's gone. So now you have – ideally, you have McGovern out. Then you have Josh Andrews in, who's never start like his first start in six years, has to have chemistry with Sam, new offense against a front that is very good. The, the trickle-down of that is going to be a huge problem. And I know Andrews has some experience, I think, you know, as far as, you know, yeah. in training camp at center. But has he actually played a game at center in his career? I'm not even sure about that. So, I mean, the fact that you have that. Hey, that game, <laughs> 19 snaps. God. And, and then you got a Doga on the right side. And we were just praising George Fant. Oh. Like, you know, that was a, a, one of the few positives that we were actually talking about from the free agent class. You know, Fant was playing pretty well. You got Beckton, Maul, and people. So you start to think, all right, after a couple games, maybe this offensive line will allow Sam and the running game to do some things. And. You know, now here we are replacing two guys, and the fact that you're without your top five wideouts, I mean, that's just only going to make things even worse. Well, you look at the Colts' defense, and you look at you have a revamped O-line where Van Roten hasn't been played all that great. Now you have two new pieces. That's a problem. I mean, Beckton's played well, but, I mean, this is – I mean, well, just, it, just, just in itself, this is a problem. The offensive line's going to be a problem on Sunday. Legitimate yeah. problem. Yeah, yeah, and, and if you're the Colts, I, I'm stacking the left side. You know, I'm putting guys on Beckton, and I'm forcing you to run right. I'm forcing you to run to Adoga, to Van Roten, and to, you know, Josh Andrews. I'm forcing you to go to that side because I could probably beat you there. And with their speed on defense, their athleticism, even with some injuries in the secondary, 
that defense is flying right now. You know, numbers first in, in yards, first in passing yards, second in interceptions, third in sacks. I mean, this is going to be a tough task, dude. Yeah, so you have the, you know, in the trenches, the line's not is going to be challenging. I mean, challenged. You look at the running back position, you know, you have Frank Gore. They want to get, you know, P. Ryan involved. They want to get Balazs involved, Josh Adams, which is fine. You know, more the barrier. To me, this is the kind of game where you need a speedy back because he's probably running for his life. And then you go to the dreaded wide receiver position. And I don't even know what to do at this point. I mean, we've been begging to get help, begging to get help, begging to get help. Demarius Thomas, Taylor Gaber, whoever it is. Mohamed Sanu was available two weeks ago. They needed all the help. They're probably going to bring up Lawrence Cage because they have no choice. The injury report is insane. Perryman out, Crowder out, Mims out. And now and Berrios is hurt. Like Berrios, like Berrios's game is speed, and he's got a hamstring injury. Like, can you ask for a worse situation at wide receiver? This is back to the Clyde Gates, David Nelson, all this other stuff. I mean, we're back in these days now, man. Like uh, Salim Akeem, like bring them all back, dude. Like this is it. At this point, you're, you're dressing three healthy wide receivers. If you bring Cager up, which they're going to do, it's going to be him, Malone, and Chris Hogan, right? If Barrios doesn't play, who else yeah. do you have? Who else That's do you it. have on, on the practice squad that you could bring up? Mon yeah, Moncrief's hurt. I mean, th this is a bona fide mess. <laughs> so it's going to be two tight end sets and – you have nobody at wide out. Can you much. tell me why? Can you can we ask this question? What Joe Douglas is actually doing other than signing linebackers? Like, what are we doing like to upgrade this roster on a daily basis? Like, how are you rectifying the situation? I understand his COVID protocols. I completely get that. But is Josh Malone just like unreliable that now they think he's gonna be a serviceable guy and like Lawrence Cager? Like at some point when you're when you're starting two undrafted free agents, is that a problem? That's why when we talk about the culture, to sit there with these wideouts right now and act like nothing's wrong. And again, we, we've talked about it for seven months that the wide receiver position is going to be an issue that you were one injury away and we're looking at five injuries now Crazy. and they're not, and they're not doing anything. They're not doing, and, and they're sitting on $30 million in cap space and plenty of draft picks over the next year, uh, two years. So you have assets that you can move around to make something happen, to make life easier on Sam. And we're not doing a thing. Two undrafted free agents with no preseason and a, and a, a mini training camp. I mean, you could not ask for a worse possible scenario on offense. I mean, it's a it's a complete joke. It really is. Like 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 I said, like I was trying to like you probably prepare for these shows. Like, all right, let's be positive and try to generate some kind of interest. Like, I'm glad it's a four o'clock game because you can enjoy the one o'clock games. That's the first. You at least enjoy some football before this because once you watch it, you want to turn off all football after that because you hate football altogether. But dude, like, how do you even? Not we're, even. I mean, we're here's my here's my problem. Adam Gase, when he had his full complement of all the players on this team, couldn't put together a productive offense. Now you're taking away, you know, eighty percent of his players, and it's like the, his only game plan, which should have been the same game plan as last week, is use your tight ends. You got to use Herndon. You got to use Griffin. You got to use Wesco. You got to get crazy with the running backs out of backfield. Like this is the kind of game where he could actually try to show off some of his like play calling abilities by making you know chicken salad out of chicken shit. Like this is where like like instead of like the the concern I have, and I'm probably going to rant in here, so I apologize already, but. The, the, the concern I have is instead of quitting on the game plan and being conservative and having that loser mentality, how about you impress us with being innovative and just throwing shit at the wall? Like, you know, let's find something that works because we actually want to try to win this game. Let's and, try that and, idea instead of and, mailing it in before the game even starts. And, and I think players would respect that a lot more. I don't know if you heard Damian Woody talking about Bark Scott. I think it was yesterday, actually, on ESPN Radio, where players didn't feel the need to go to the media to address certain things under Belichick, under Rex Ryan, because they respected the fuck out of those guys. They, they had more respect for those guys to just go to the media and throw them under the bus. So if there was an issue with something in practice or in the games, they went to the coach directly and they had a conversation about it. Yet we have Avery Williamson. We've got McDougald. 
others that are talking about, you know, Jets aren't doing shit in practice right now. And it's obviously translating to games. So why not as a head coach, try and set the tempo, get these guys do something different to buy, get them to buy in, change up your game plan, go up tempo. This is leadership time now, dude. Exactly. Like this is his chance to actually prove, okay, you're down a number of guys, all the excuses in the world, stop making them and give us a reason to believe, give us a reason to See a competitive game. It starts, but the thing is, it starts in practice, dude. Like you got to come up with game plans. Like you got to come out where the players are like, "Oh shit, this is actually going to work," or you know what, I could buy into this, or this makes a lot of sense. You can't like, and he's had that. Like the problem I have with Gase is he has like a very defeatist attitude. When things don't go his way, he mails it in, packs it up, doesn't really give a shit. But now it's like, dude, in theory, in theory, he's coaching for his job right now. Like everybody is counting you out, discounting you, discounting your team, saying you have no chance. It's eleven and a half point spread. Nobody, nobody even wants to watch your game, including half your fan base. So why don't you come out and say, you know what? I'm going to show you I'm actually a good coach. I'm going to show you why I keep betting on myself. I'm not proving anything, but why I keep betting on myself. And let's do something. Like, do like listen. You're decimated wide receiver. So then use your running backs. Use your tight ends. Roll Sam out. Go up tempo. Do all kinds of different things. Don't come out with your standard run, run, third and long punt. Like, oh, man, you know what? Too many injuries. Fuck that, dude. Yeah. Like, find a way to make this competitive. And, and like, that, seriously, like, I don't want to watch another zombie performance. I don't want to watch it. And that's the attitude that you have to have on the top. Like, it starts at the top. It starts with him, Obviously, dude. we can't do anything about ownership because that's the, the biggest problem. But as far as the team goes, yes, it, everything starts with him. How he sets the tempo in practice, how it translates to, to games, being innovative, all these things we haven't seen. This is this is the week to do it. With all the injuries that we have, yeah. use what you do have, the tight ends, your your running backs, Gore and P. Ryan, get them involved. I mean Don't I, be like I, don't be like dead men walking, dude. Like, like no. you had like the whole mindset where everybody's like, oh, we have no chance to win this week. You're not gonna get our best effort. Even like the whole thing, like you gotta keep in mind the guys that spoke out were on defense too, man. Yep. So it's like that's Greg Williams. Like yep. for a lot of for a lot of this anger that we all have towards Adam Gates, Greg Williams get a pass for a lot of stuff, which is yep. kind of surprising because the defense is play like shit. Yep. Like they're not playing fast, not playing physical, you know, and, and that's a problem. They don't have half the injuries that the offense has. So this is kind of like you this should be like you know, circle the wagons kind of weak here. But like, listen, man, we can't have another clunker here because we're gonna start, you know, like in theory, jobs should be had, if not in the coaching staff. On the roster, which should have happened this week. Like, they should have cut some players this week, set the tone. But like, you know what? Alec Ogletree, you sucked, man. You weren't even trying. You're slow. We don't need you. We'll find somebody else. You're cut. They didn't do any of that. Same old Jets, status quo. Everything is fine. We're going to keep trying to piece this together and lie about it. Well, now here you are. Now you're at week three when you're one more blowout loss away from the shit really getting turned around. Like, where it's going to be real. You're going to face heat. You know what I mean? Like, he probably hasn't faced yet. So, Show us something, man. Like, show us some kind of leadership, some, some kind of integrity, credibility, like just anything out of this offense. And yeah. the, the most important thing is, dude, Sam. Like, Sam has to show some fire too, man. Yeah. Like, he's listen, obviously he's got his, his hands are tied with a lot of things, but he's got to come out with some fire and brimstone too, man, and come out angry, come out pissed, show some fire, some energy in a huddle. Be like, listen, guys, I know that, you know, the car just acted against us. Let's find a way to shock him. You know, like, you got it. Somebody's got to buy in somewhere. I mean, listen, I, I'd love to see Sam do that, but even he at this point, how much does he believe in as far as this offense goes? play to win games, dude. But the plays that are being called. No, listen, I, I get it, but we even heard Gase, you know, two days ago when he said, you know, that Sam is still limited on certain things that he could audible out of. If we just call the play or if we just execute the play that's called, we'll be fine. Like, dude, like instilling that mindset in your quarterback, what is that doing for him? And not, not to mention all the injuries at wide out and now two offensive linemen are down. I mean, we are literally rewriting the book on how to regress your quarterback. Yeah, but but you know what? That's all fine on Friday. Come Sunday morning, come Sunday afternoon, 
dude, we're all competitors. Everybody's a competitor. You play baseball. I played soccer and MMA and everything else, dude. You you know you go in certain situations. You're like, you know what? This is going to be a rough day. This team is really good, whatever else. But you know what? You're like, let's find a fucking way. Let's play harder than them. Let's play faster. Let's play more physical. Let's hit. The, like, there are ways to win games that surprise people. And, you know, let's, let's not. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services. So your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's kind of the fact the Colts could look past the Jets, too. The Colts are coming off a dominant oh. win over the Vikings. They can be like, yo, this fucking team sucks. We can just cruise control on them and look towards the week after that. So there's a lot of things you take advantage of here. Like the Jets can't, in their mindset, can't mail it in. I think this week's going to be very telling. I know we said this last week also, but I think this week even more so coming off of that loss is going to be very telling as far as the guys in the locker room and whether or not they actually do have any respect at all for this coaching staff and are willing to try and play this season out and, you know, come together and at least play, try to play some competitive football. You know, we, we saw them mail it in last week, started from the first play of the game. Let's see how they bounce back. You had a few players speak out in the media that practice wasn't right. Obviously, I, I'm assuming that practice, you know, the intensity must have been ramped up because you got three guys hurt in the last two days. So something must have changed in practice, I guess. Yep. So let's see how it translates on Sunday. Uh, I'm open to the fact that maybe we can keep this competitive, a low-scoring game, but the, the matchups just don't look good. No, so you looked at – we went through the wide, you know, the Jets injuries. The Colts have some big ones too. Malik Cooker's out. Uh, Paris Campbell's out. Um, you know, Rocky cornerback Rock is you know, he's out, and then Jack Doyle is questionable, which is a big that's a big piece there. He's a yeah. he's a good tight end. They, they can do a lot with him. So you look at the matchups. Okay, listen, you know, Jets offense, the, the Colts defense, man, they got some studs. I mean, Darius Leonard. You know, it was Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. And they had the other what's the other kid's name. Uh, I was oh, watching some of the stuff on him. The other middle uh, linebacker, right? No, Danico Autry, the defensive end. I'm talking about Anthony Walker. Yeah. So you got the Forrest Buckner. I mean, they got some guys that are just getting after it, man. So, you know, you got to either get the ball out of Sam's hands very quickly. I mean, ideally, their 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 pass defense is excellent. Try to find a way to run the ball if possible. I don't know how the hell you're going to do that, but to me, this is a game for Perrine, man. Where you got a speedster, like just let him use explosive plays. Try something with him. Get the ball in his yeah. hands out of backfield. He showed some pass catching ability in the pre, in the uh, during training camp. Try yeah, stuff like I that, man. I don't even know what the game plan should be on offense because the Colts secondary has some injuries. So you would think, all right, let's throw the ball, but you know, we have three healthy wideouts. So how are we going to do that? And you, okay, so let's run the ball. Well, two of your starting offensive linemen are out. How are we going to do that? And your best running back is out also. So I really don't know what the game plan is. Like I said earlier, up tempo would be nice. You know, just keep them on their heels, try and do something like that. You know, maybe you get lucky here and there, but you know, Lawrence Cager, big body, deep threat. Run behind Beckton, man. Run behind Beckton. See, I think they're going to be expecting that, though. Fucking try it anyway. <laughs> I mean, it's just got we got to try something, man. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, on defense, the Jets they got they got to you know yeah T Y Hilton, Jonathan Taylor, rookie running back. This kid's yeah. the real deal, dude. Yeah. This kid's a player, man. He can do it all. He's powerful. He's fast. I mean, he, he's a very impressive running back. So you have him. Michael Pittman's going to be in there, a guy that <laughs> half of us wanted to have drafted. Yep. Yep. Then it comes down to even to me, to me, I think what they're going to try to do, to be completely honest with you, is they're going to try to ground the pound of shit out of us and just demoralize us. You know, I mean, I think they probably can do that. So now it's going to be up to Quinton Williams to have another solid game, Steve McClendon, all those guys to have pressure on the line, control line of scrimmage, and kind of force Philip Rivers to beat you, who, listen, Hall of Fame quarterback, very good, but 
very inconsistent, and has a propensity to throw big interceptions, especially later on in his career. He'll throw the ball around a little bit if the Jets can actually get to him. But yeah, I mean, if you, if you look at the first two weeks with the way the Jets have been tackling, I, I don't see any reason why the Colts wouldn't come out with an approach nope. to ground and pound. They're, they're not going to let Rivers, you know, throw this game away with a couple, you know, stupid interceptions or anything like that. They're running behind one of the best offensive lines in football. I'm actually excited to see that matchup with Quentin Wilson and, uh, you know, Quentin, or Quentin Wilson and Quentin Nelson. Uh, I think that'll be phenomenal. Hopefully, you know, you see him step up like he did last week. But, you know, aside from Quentin Williams, what more do you really have on defense that this Colts offense is worried about? You know, oh, Henry Anderson. I mean, all these guys got to start earning your paychecks. But, dude, this is the thing, though. Like, we, we kind of like, ah, oh, well, he's not. Dude, hold the fucking guys accountable, man. Like, if Henry Anderson's not playing well, you're benched the rest of the game. And we're going to make it known now. Like, at some point, you could put guys on notice here. Like, going into the season, the strength of this team was a defensive line. Quentin Williams was coming on. The rest of these guys are all, all these heralded guys. We were all high on Nathan Shepard last year. Okay, well, then now earn your check this year. Like, start earning your paychecks around here. Now, hopefully, Avery Williamson's back and playing more than Ogletree because Ogletree's dreadful. <laughs> Neville Hewitt's pretty good against the run. Forced them to put the ball in Philip Rivers' hands. Now, T.Y. Hilton, is you know, he, he's a pretty, got some pretty good speed. I don't know how you handle him. I mean, obviously not Pierre Desir because he's not up to it. <laughs> I mean, because he's just terrible. But, I mean, right? That, you, you, yeah, yeah, I was saying, even uh, Quincy Wilson's out. You know, he was starting last week, you know, for Desir, and he got a concussion also, so he's out. Well, that's out. <laughs> It's just, it's so, just, not and Harrison's questionable, I think, right? So. Yeah. So, but then you got to worry about, you know, if Doyle plays, they have what Moat was it named Moat Alley Cox. He had a big game last week. You know, the rookie, I mean, they have a lot of rookies doing things over there. So, interesting Shocking. matchup. I mean, that I could see why the spread's 11 and a half. It's warranted. The Colts at home, not with, with uh, what, 7,000 fans in attendance coming off a huge win. To me, if anything, the first quarter is going to be interesting if there's some kind of letdown for them. Because when you come off a big win where everybody's giving you all this praise, then you play a team that's so shitty like the Jets where everybody's discounting them, that's, there's, a, there's a potential to be like a huge letdown. Like, And it is a trap game. The Jets are that bad where they should be considered a trap game in, re- in week three because they're dreadful. Difference, I think, is going to be coaching, though. I mean, Frank Reich, he's a solid head coach, good offensive mind. Even Eberflus, the defensive coordinator, he's been there three years. First year was incredible. Last year, they took a little step back. And this year, you know, they started out first two games phenomenal. So I think that team is just coached the right way. And they play like it on Sunday. And, you know, unfortunately for the Jets, you know, we had all the injuries last week. The Niners did, too. And one team didn't look like they had any injuries. They, they looked like they were operating as normal. That's the difference in coaching. Guys were prepared. They were ready. They made their adjustments, plug and play. And I think the Colts are a team that can do that, where the Jets are still trying to prove that they could do that. And the, the Colts are so well coached, man. Frank Reich yep. and his staff is just phenomenal, dude. Like that's yep. And to think, that's a, that's a guy the Jets actually interviewed. Isn't that a nice kick in the ass? Yep. So we'll go to a bunch of comments. I see somebody's, somebody's already attacking me. So the really cool thing about this show is we <laughs> see all your comments. And if you attack us, we actually respond to your comments because we, really we really don't give a shit. So I'll answer your comments. Don't worry. Let's Post see. Oh, dude, don't worry. Gase has to know we don't have a chance against the Colts. You think he's going to keep us using his same, keep using his same playbook? My answer is no. Like at this point, he shouldn't. Like, dude, like, dude, like, it's so easy to be like, oh, woe is us. We suck. Can't do this. Can't do that. Dude, the NFL is an unforgiving business. It's all about adapting and adjusting and just and making moves and making plays. That's you it. Said- you said he shouldn't, but the question is, will he? And what is, what has he shown you through four plus years as a head coach that he's not going to do those things? He's all about his way, his playbook. He even said it earlier this week. If, if we just execute what I call, we'll be fine. That arrogance, well, that arrogance has been his demise as of now. But at some point, 
Like even this, Joe this, Douglas, this offseason, this offseason was supposed to be the point where he yeah, but, had that reflection moment and said, "Okay, you know what? What I've been doing for four years is not working. I need to change it up this year." Through two games, we haven't seen anything change. Yeah, but at some point this week, Joe Douglas or somebody in that facility has to go up to Adam Gase's office, and be like, "Listen, dude, the shit is hitting the fan here, and what we're doing is not working. What is your plan to adjust this? How like how can we help you adjust it? Because what's what's happening right now is not working, and the backlash we're getting See, all across the NFL is a problem. Like somebody has to help him get out of his own way." See, I, I even said earlier in the week, spotlight's starting to shine on Joe Douglas. He needs to do that. But if you're not making any moves to help your head coach, what can you actually say? Because Gase's response is going to be, well, look what I'm working with. I'm, I'm down to my seventh and eighth string wide receivers here. What do you expect me to do? You're not giving me any help. You're sitting on $30 million in cap space. If that finger pointing starts, my goodness. What's this? Holy hell, I'm catching the le- legends live. There's no legends <laughs> here, man. We're just fans. <laughs> We're just fans drinking, uh, drinking some. I'm drinking truly. I'm not. What are you drinking? I'm saying, same thing, man. Yeah. So, got the lemonades. No cager. Why not? Why no cager? He, he definitely should be up on Sunday. I was gonna say, I thought it was reported that he was actually getting called up this week. They, they have nobody else, they have no choice. Yeah. I was gonna say, you're down to two wideouts right now. He's definitely gonna play. He's your only option. Next comment How do I get a tryout for either wide receiver or OL? I'm 42 and out of shape, <laughs> but what the hell, Jeremy? That's why a big not stretch wide out for a solo line? Yeah, I mean, I mean. <laughs> But that and you what and the thing is, do you watch the tryout list that gets announced each day throughout the NFL? Like, I just don't understand what Joe Douglas is doing. I really don't. In, this week we brought in what two linebackers and an offensive lineman. I, I don't understand it. I, I really don't understand it. Only reason to watch this game is to see if Darnold is alive after the game. LSU is better than the Jets. I got news for you. Like 31 other teams are better than the Jets right now. And if you're if you're a Sam Darnold fan, a game like this has to make you nervous because their front, their defense against a revamped O-line and limited weapons around him and Adam Gase with his arrogant play calling, you got to hope. I mean, we got to hope for some smoke and mirrors and miracles for this one. That Sam doesn't get hurt or get completely frustrated and you see those, you know, falling down, throwing a ball in the air and all the other shit. Did you watch uh, Fitz and Changeli last night? Just of curious. course, dude. I mean, how many ex-Jets, ex-coaches do we have to watch go elsewhere and, like, show that they could do it? Meanwhile, like, we're still – in the same exact spot that we've been in for 10 years. But <laughs> it's not even that. You just watch the play calling, man. The play calling. The preparation, just... the play calling, tempo, all of it, dude. Every single offense around the league is just operating in today's NFL, and we're still stuck from like five years ago. Next comment is, I'd rather have Sam call the plays than Gase. I'd rather have anybody call the plays than Gase. Like, it doesn't even matter at this point. Yeah. At least let the kid let, let the kid audible if he sees something. If the kid has some sense of confidence where he sees a defense that he understands and says, you know what, I know the play to audible out of this, let him do it, dude. Like, take, you know, these handcuffs, oh. they got to come off, dude. Only in certain situations the handcuffs can come off because Gates yep. knows what he's doing, apparently. So, yeah, we know, we know Harrison's with the Bills. The point was the Jets should have kept him, not cut him, because now when you're in a situation with Andrews as your backup center, now he's playing. Harrison had chemistry with Donald. He was already a center, and he already knows the offense. It's all there for you already. Like, you have it. And now it's not there, and now it's just – Yeah, that, the, uh, Har- the Harrison move, it, that that just made no sense, especially, you know, J- Douglas was talking about how that was a tough cut to make, and, you know, Darnold talked about him as, you know, like a big brother type. They were together when he got cut. Yeah. He was sitting next to Sam when he got cut. Ridiculous. That's the kind of chemistry you want with your center, and now the most one of the most important positions on the offensive line, and especially going against, like, Buckner and those guys and defense like that. That's why all of this points to like a bigger issue, I think, with Geese and this regime wanting to push guys out that weren't initially there when they got yeah. here. 
They want their guys. Exactly. And I think that's the biggest reason you're not seeing Bilal Powell in a Jets uniform right now. They, they want their guys in yep. this locker room, not the old voices that have some, some pull in that locker room. Yeah, It's just, and it's a shame. I understand rebuilding culture, but get good players. This show has become therapy. These games are so similar to last year when Sam was out. You just say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Knew the offense wasn't going to be competitive. Nothing to look forward to. I can't argue with you, man. I mean, like I said, we, you know, you, we try to prepare for this. Believe it or not, we prepare for these shows. I mean, we're not <laughs> to actually have notes for this shit. And you look at it, you just shake your head you're like, this is bad. This is bad. This is terrible. And then, like, my friends are always like, say, no, like, we're like so into the Jets. They're like, dude. It's a, it's an eleven point spread, twelve point spread. What do you think? And I'm like, it's justified. Like, I, like, like you can't even like, you have we have no backbone or no fight right now. It was not like one thing you could say. Put your hat on this with the Jets, okay? Beckton's okay, but you have two guys out in the line. He's like, Quinn Williams is okay, but you don't believe in the secondary because the corners aren't that good. So it's just like, and, and until the injury report came out, you know, a few days ago with you know Fant being out and then McGovern getting hurt, I, I actually thought this was a game that we could have kept semi close and possibly covered the spread. I didn't think we were going to win, but now with the offensive line decimated and no receivers to throw to, I mean, what, what are you looking at on, on, on offense, especially going up against a legitimate top five defense with plenty of speeds, plenty of athleticism? Herndon's got to play. Herndon's got to do something this week, dude. Herndon has to, man. The, the entire tight end group, you know, him, Griffin, Wesco, like they all have to be involved to a large extent because you don't really have anything else to work with. So. Yeah, I mean, next comment. Sam is collateral damage in all. This is a great comment. Sam is collateral damage in all this. I'm sure Douglas doesn't want to screw over Sam, but but he's again operating on his own six-year timeline. That's, that is, Sam, right now, Sam is collateral damage. He's, he's, he's damage of Adam Gates' power play and all the arrogance and stupidity in the front office and in the, the coaching room. He is. He, he's just. He's caught in a mess right now, and, and that's why I hate all the Trevor Lawrence talk. We we may very well be in position with that number one overall pick, but what we've done to Sam Darnold, the the idea of taking Trevor Lawrence and starting this thing all over again, what makes us think that the same thing won't happen to Trevor Lawrence? That we won't do the same thing to him? Why not build around Sam? Give him a legitimate chance to win games with talent around him. Something that he has not had since coming into the NFL. Next comment: Gase will be fired when Miami destroys us. I, I'll tell you right now. If the Jets have a shit show on Sunday and they lose that Thursday night game against a backup quarterback, which I predict will be Blake Bortles. That's already my prediction. Yeah. Blake Bortles is going to light up the Jets and Adam Gason get yeah, last year Thursday. So, but, <laughs> but that's that's what's going to take. It's going to take a, a, a prime time, you know, thrashing against a backup quarterback. And, and that would be the week to do it because you'd have ten days to prepare before Bingo. your next game. So it, it would make sense. Not that I'm like, not that I'm rooting for two more losses. I want to see wins, but if there's a time to do it, that'd be the time to do it. I still don't expect it, though, unfortunately. 
You could argue Douglas should have been aggressive this past offseason, but nothing will change until Gase is gone. And the reason why I agree with this comment is because I still continue until proven otherwise to think that Adam Gase has too much say in personnel. I think he does. And people will say, no, I'm wrong. But the people that are telling us that we're wrong are the ones the judge are telling us to say that. You know what I mean? Like, you know how that game is, right? There's, they, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll say something. No, you can't be right. Because, you know, the Jets, they Jets control the narrative. But I still think Adam Gase has way too much say in personnel. I, I think the Kalen Bollage move kind of signifies that. Yeah. You know, he wanted his own running back here in spite of all the injuries. He was willing to trade for a bad running back. Exactly. So uh, I, I hope it's not true. Again, we know that both reports separately to ownership. But at, at some point, Douglas needs to put his foot down and kind of own this thing. He's the guy, the one football guy. He should be his voice should be highlighted more than Adam Gase, and he should be able to earn that respect. If he speaks out, if he talks to ownership, talks to the media, says this shit's unacceptable, people will back him. But right now, he's aligning himself with Adam Gase, and he's going down with him, and that's the problem. Next comment is: I want Gase gone as bad as anyone, but is our current state of affairs more due to coaching staff or ten years of abysmal drafting? It's due to both. It's you know what you had bad drafting, you had bad free agent classes, and you have a coach that's not maximizing any resource whatsoever. No accountability, no leadership, no innovative play calling, nothing. It's excuses, excuses, and losing. The the one thing I'll say, though, is that you have teams like the Dolphins who were in the same boat as us, you know, less than like a year ago after they got rid of Gase. They're already showing signs of being competitive. You have the Raiders who just traded Khalil Mack, their best player, like we traded Jamal Adams. They're 2-0 right now. So I think coaching is the bigger thing because good coaches can take less talent and still win games with, you know, a good game plan, good play just calling. just look at last like week. Kyle Shanahan, what Kyle Shanahan did last circles around guys. He came into the game with a ton of injuries. They got a litany more, and he still wiped their ass all over the field. I mean, it's just what's up, Kevin? What's up, guys? Jets fan from Philly, been listening to you guys for three years. Love the show. If you grade every position this week outside of quarterback, it's twenty nine to thirty two in the NFL. We are ruling with probably probably say ruining, ruling Sam. Well, first of all, Kevin, thank you for listening. Second thing is, it's hard to disagree with you. That's the sad part of it. I mean. If the offensive line was healthy, I would say they're closing in on maybe being middle of the pack. Just some of the film on Becton. I don't know if you watched the Brian Baldinger breakdown. Yeah. I mean, that, that was that was fun to watch. Like that was one of the first film breakdowns on a Jet player in a long time, especially a young rookie, where you're like, all right, we, we might actually have something here, like yep. a legitimate anchor on that off- offensive line. So that's nice. But still, out of your nine draft picks, you have Braden Mann and Lamichael Pirine. Those are your only two other draft picks that are playing right now. So unbelievable. <laughs> And yeah, you look at the rest of the positions. I mean, they're they're decimated by injuries, and yeah, they're they're bottom three or four in the league right now at pretty much uh, across the board. Yeah, that breakdown was phenomenal. You get all excited, and you see Beckham like run behind me, run behind me. Of course, Gase doesn't. It's just like I just I don't. And it's like you don't you don't want to like nitpick at every little thing. Like right now, everybody, anything he does, we're all going to bash him for. And I understand that, but some of the stuff is common sense, man. Like especially especially after Bosa went out. Yeah. <laughs> you would think, okay, we're, we're going to run right behind you right now. They're, they're best players out. They're, they're trying to adjust on the fly. Let's see what you can do. He, he's mauling guys on every other play. Why not do it? Yet, I don't know. I guess we don't so know next comment, JD is letting Gase drown so he can get a better coach. See, I don't think that's the case because Gase is too, ar- he's too arrogant too something to let that happen to himself. I think he's fighting for guys that he wants, but the guys he wants just aren't good. It, that, see, it's just, <sighs> I, I would almost understand that, but you're also letting your young quarterback drown too. So if you felt the need I to agree. let, if you felt the need to let Gase drown in order to get him out, just fire him last year. Why go through all of this yeah. and put your quarterback, you know, through another year of this? It makes no sense. So if you've truly felt like you needed to get rid of Gase, 
do it last year. Otherwise, you're just throwing away Sam with Gase at, at this point. Yeah, because if everybody everybody keeps mentioning, I'll, this next one's coming up right now, Gase and Douglas are, are playing for 2021. Well, if that is the case, you should have traded Jamal Adams before the season. You should have traded Robbie Anderson at the trade deadline last year. You should have made a lot more moves to get a lot more draft compensation coming into this season. So you actually you accelerate your rebuild with all young draft picks now. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what the common things. Oh, they're tanking this season. Well, if that's the case, you should have traded these players before the season started. I, I can right? understand. Douglas, I, got, I can understand Douglas maybe playing for 2021, but Gase isn't going to be here if things you know continue the, down the path that they're going right now. Gase is not going to be here for 2021. No. So as a head as as a head coach, I, I don't think you could ever play for the future, especially when your resume is you know what Gase's is at this point. There's no way you could sell one fucking ticket next year if Adam Gates the head coach of his team. Nobody. You just impossible. Nope. You couldn't sell any tickets at all. You'd be insane nope. to say, hey, you know what? Here's your PSL bill for a hundred thousand dollars for your 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 four fifty, you know, like or whatever it is. Ten thousand people like pfft. it'd be like be fraud. Let's see. <laughs> Alternatively, why bring in more wide receivers when all you're doing is throwing screens <laughs> behind a line of scrimmage? That's fair, man. I mean, that's just I mean, I don't understand a play calling. I'll never understand when it's third and seven, the ball's getting thrown at the line of scrimmage. You know, I understand well, yards at the catch and all that stuff, but there's well, no he, vertical he, passing game at all. He tried to justify it, you know, when Perriman went down. But yeah. again, do, do those yeah. things early in the game instead of when you're down 21 to three. You know, start out taking some of those deep shots so maybe it opens up the running game a little bit. But uh, My fear is JD gave Gase the nod to tank and Gase will be back <sighs> next year and Sam won't. You know, that we've heard that a lot. People are like, you know what? The Jets kind of have like a wink agreement. Like, hey, man, we're just going to try to win games as much as we can and just kind of clear out all the prob problems like Jamal Adams and all these other guys, get their own guys in and kind of go to next year. If that's the case, dude, and, and Sam is your shrapnel, what a criminal offense that would be, man. That would be – and to bet – and to and for, for Joe Douglas to double down and keep Adam Gase as his coach, you have to question his sanity. Like, dude, we thought you were like a highly touted guy, a good NFL guy. If that is truly their plan, I'll give up. That'll set us back five years easily. That's a phenomenal comment, but yeah, I I, I definitely fear that happening. I, I I don't see it happening. I don't think there's any chance at all that this season can play out the way it's been playing out for two weeks, and Joe Douglas not make a move, or you know, if Woody comes back, you know, they're gonna look at this shit show for what it is and say, you know what, something has to change here. We're we're not drawing ratings at all right now. We're not gonna be selling tickets next year. They're gonna have to do something. And, I mean, they're uh, lucky they don't they don't get blacked out in our market, man. They're gonna be so bad. Nobody's gonna want to watch. There's gonna be some games. Right. Nobody's gonna want to watch them. I mean, no. this is gonna be unwatchable. How about play action? Play action. S once or twice a game. <laughs> we'll try. We'll try a play action pass. Um, but dude, that that's the whole thing. It's like there's certain scenarios that were play action. It's just screaming play action pass, which we argue. No, not argue. We yelled about all last weekend. It's like, dude, it's here for you. If you get your running game going, take advantage of that. You don't have to pound the. You don't have to run the ball three times in a row. How about you do it twice and then pass the ball? Like change up. Like I don't like this. Isn't rocket science shit here, man? This is no. like everybody you watch. Everybody on social media at the same time. You watch your Twitter timeline. Play extra pass. Like everybody's calling for the same thing. Runs the ball again. Like it just doesn't make any sense. Last week would have been perfect for that. This week I, I don't know. With two offensive linemen down, going up against a lot of you know speed rushers with that front seven that the Colts have. Yeah. I, I really don't know what the game plan should be on offense to be honest, because I, I feel like the Colts defense couldn't beat you in, in a multitude of ways, and we just don't have the pieces that are healthy right now on offense. We got a comment. Hi. So we're hey. say hi back. What's up, What's sports up? fan? <laughs> see, we answer all comments, man. Uh, let's see. Feels like they're giving up on Sam in the season. He's throwing the scrubs. I mean, when you're starting two undrafted free agents that have – I mean, 
that just speaks volumes in itself. I don't really know what else you can do here. When they had other guys available for the last three weeks, we've been begging them to sign. Yeah, I, I, I truly just don't know how they didn't prioritize Sam this offseason. And it, it started okay with the offensive line. You can make a good argument that they did what they could there. They signed McGovern. Fant was looking okay before the injury. And Becton, you know, Baldinger's talking about him as the best rookie in this class right now. So three-fifths of your offensive line, you've truly revamped. You say, all right, that, that's a, a great start towards helping Sam. Yet, what did you do at wide receiver? And we knew this was going to be an issue. You, you didn't replace Robbie Anderson. You tried to throw Perriman in there who had, you know, all of five games. He's been injured, you know, a theme from Baltimore. And what else did you do? You took one rookie in Denzel Mims who hasn't seen the field yet. And meanwhile, the Bills, they traded for, uh, you know, first-round pick for uh, Stephon Diggs. They drafted another two wide receivers. Every other team is prioritizing their young quarterbacks that have a young quarterback. Meanwhile, we're, we're giving him shit to work with. It, it's ridiculous. Well, then you watch you watch other receivers all across the NFL, whether it's Chase, Clay, Poor, all these other young receivers. You're like, oh, they're all making plays. And it's like, Yep. When Mims comes back, he is so far behind in terms of learning the you know, learning the offense, getting in sync with Sam, learning the speed of the game. I mean, it's gonna be it's a lost year for him. So then it's like you'll see Michael Pittman this weekend. Like you're gonna see all these guys week week in and week out getting you know significant playing time, which is exactly what you want, especially in a lost year like this year. Like that's why the one comment was funny. It was like, oh, hopefully P Ryan gets some carries. I'm like, hopefully. Like when you start going 0 and 3, 0 and 4, 0 and 5, they should be playing all the time. Give them as much experience as possible. Jaguars fed their undrafted free agent running back about you know 20 carries last night. He had a phenomenal game, but you know. <laughs> this is a great comment. The lack of proactive uh, proactivity from this front office to sur- surround Sam with average talent should be an indictment on Joe Douglas. That's true. Joe Douglas is not he's not free from fault here. He gets he's get plenty of fault because the way this roster constructed, the chances he took in free agency, a lot of free agents aren't panning out, especially with Perryman and Desir. Ben Roten's been struggling a little bit. So he better hope his ass by the end of the season, a lot of these guys are starting to pan out because the figures will be pointing at him too. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to give Joe Douglas a pass for certain things. I mean, you can make an argument that maybe he is, you know, financially strapped a little bit. But even with that, the, the money that you did use, the draft picks that you did use, it, it should have been all on offense to surround Sam with talent. Yet you gave Desir money. You gave a lot of other guys on defense money. You drafted Zuninga and a few other players, uh, Ashton Davis in the third round on defense when you knew that your wide receiving group was not up to par by any means, especially compared to a lot of other teams around the league. So, yeah, he, he definitely uh, did not surround Sam like he should have. But you wonder, again, like how much does he really want to? Uh, I really don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what the plan is for this team right now. Next comment. I want to see Darnold lead. It's not in his nature, but he's being judged. I think That's it fair. is in his That's nature, but, here, but, here, but here's his problem. His coach has absolutely no motion whatsoever. His coach is not a fiery guy, Very not a very animated guy. So you have a flat line coach on the sideline. And then Sam's nature is more like, you know, actions, not words. He's got a little fire in his step and stuff like that, but he's not that rah, rah kind of guy. So you have, you don't have that in the sideline. You don't have that in the huddle. So there your, your energy's got to come from somewhere else. Now it used to come from Jamal Adams on offense. Who was it? Le'Veon Bell. Like who was the guy on offense? Maybe Robbie Anderson, Le'Veon Bell. Who was it? Like the guy that you know, the, the kick you in the ass. It might guy. be, be Beckton now. It could be Beckton. He's a very yeah. fiery dude too, man. Yeah. That'd be good. Be good. I mean, gotta do something here. I just feel like Sam in general, he's just, he's been neutered, you know, at this point, you've taken a lot of things that he does well. You don't let him do it. You're putting him in an offense that at this point, I don't even think he believes in anymore. You hear his body or you see his body language. You hear him talk on the Michael K show and other places. He he doesn't sound the same as he did his rookie year. I think he's clearly losing confidence at this point. And when you reach that level as a 23 year old quarterback and and you don't believe in what's around you, it's hard to, you know, show that enthusiasm and lead the right way. And on that note, Matt chimes in. 
Not letting Sam audible is telling him that you don't trust him to make good decisions. Could not agree more, dude. Like but, again, but again, according to Gase, it's only on certain situations, and he doesn't want his quarterback quarterback sneaking. Meanwhile, every other team, fourth and one, that's the play call that works 99% of the time. You run right up the middle, right behind your center, and you get the first down. Yet we don't trust our quarterback to do that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's uh, – <laughs> it's just some of these comments are phenomenal, dude, because they're, 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 they're dead on. They're – Next comment. People always forget how much parity there is in the NFL. The Bills smoked the Vikings in 2018 after looking like a tanking team the first two weeks. The NFL is a week-by-week -week league, man. You could be top of the castle, you know, top of the hill one week. You could be bottom of the barrel the next week. That's just the way it is. Injuries, adversity, all kinds of stuff. You know, that's, you know, that's uh, just it. I, yeah. I, just think, I just think the Bills are, are coached much better. McDermott's a phenomenal coach, and we've seen what they've done around Josh Allen. They've catered that offense to what he does well. And we're just doing the complete opposite with Sam as far as talent around him, as far as his skill set goes. Nothing that he does well. We're we're really elevating at all. Yeah, a lot of questions about Douglas tonight. They had plenty of money to plug these holes and didn't from ownership down. We are what we we are what we want to be. That's what it seems like. It does. I mean, they when you take that approach of just low risk, high reward moves and a lot of players, you know, you know, journeyman guys, one year deals, all this, prove it deals, and they don't start panning out. All this stuff starts blowing up in your face big time. And you're starting to see a lot of that now. And maybe I was wrong. Maybe I overestimated some of the talent here. But you know what? I, I didn't think this team needed a, a full, complete rebuild. You know, with, with Jamal Adams here, if you had a, a healthy Mosley out there, Quinn and Williams, if he steps up, like a lot of the ifs that we were talking about in the offseason, if these guys were coached the right way and they took that step, you can make an argument that this team was, you know, maybe a year away from being where the Bills are. Yet, you know, you trade away Jamal Adams and we don't have Mosley out there. Wide receivers decimated by injuries. It's hard to really judge where this team is. But on paper right now, what's going out there on Sunday is without question a bottom three roster. You can't argue that. Yeah. No, you can't. Gay said the TD in the Bills, the Bills game came from an audible sand called. The only <laughs> TD in the Niners game came, came from a scramble drill. The only TD, the only TDs we've got this season have nothing to do with Gase. It's actually Phenomenal. true, man. Phenomenal. That's, a, that's an excellent point. I'm so glad he brought that up because I, I heard uh, or I saw it on Twitter, you know, that Gase mentioned that Sam audible out of that play. And it's just like, okay, so you're limiting him on certain things that he could audible out of, yet you're acknowledging that, you know, the touchdown came from a Sam audible. So why not empower him a little bit more and give him that confidence to trust what he sees? <laughs> Henry Anderson has more roughing the pass <laughs> penalties than he does sacks. I mean, can't argue with that. He's 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 been another disappointment. In year, man, just very uh, disappointing. Uh, just, and I don't get what happened to him too, because he, he was phenomenal that first year. They traded the seventh round pick for him, and then as soon as he got that contract, it's just he hasn't done anything. Yeah, and then he said, "Next one, it's hard to bench players during COVID on a short week with all the protocols. It it is hard to a point, but if you have depth and guys in your practice squad, you replace them. Like Ogletree sucked. We he was a good player when he came here. Then they started him out of being, I guess, spiteful to Williamson or whatever the hell that scenario was. And then you watch him play like shit, and you keep him." Like so, you, so now we're going to say is because of all the protocols, we're going to keep players that we know aren't good that are a liability and play them. And, and you mentioned this last week about James Burgess. Why not bring him back, somebody who knows Greg Williams' defense, instead of trotting out Alec Ogletree, who you know no you just brought him in. Yep. So now people are taking shots at me. Darnold should have opted out. According to Tyson, C.J. Mosley is man of the year for his noble gesture of opting <sighs> out, out of concern, out of concern for his family. Listen, man, I'm not here. I don't know C.J. Mosley personally, nor do you. So what I do is somebody says that I'm going to take care of my family instead of playing football, I don't, I'm not going to judge him. I'm not one of these, you know, these internet warriors, the keyboard warriors that, oh, you know what? Fuck C.J. Mosley. I saw some picture of him in a bar. 
when half these guys probably do the same shit, if not worse than their own personal life, they're going to judge everybody else. So I don't have, listen, if Mosley said it was, this is what he wants to do for his family and he has the power to do that and wherewithal do it. Good for him. I, that's who, who the hell am I to judge? Yeah. You know, listen, I, I, I have no reason either to hate on CJ Mosley for opting out. I'm just curious about, you know, the timing of it. You know, it was, I'm pretty sure it was like two weeks after the Adams trade. So I feel like he kind of in his own mind said, you know what, this organization isn't serious about winning. Why am I going to go? How out many Patriots opted out? Did anybody question no, all of them? And there no, were five, five starters that were on a team. That's a, a you know, they, they, when, they, they, when the, they saw, when they saw Tom Brady was going to be gone and it was a true rebuilding year, like, you know what, fucking I'm out. They anybody led the question league. the Patriot players? They led the league in players that opted out. Eight yeah. of them. So my question them? Oh, did they, they bail because Tom Brady left? Come on, man. Be better. So, like I said, you want to insult us? That's no problem. We answer them. I, I don't give a shit. I don't really care. I know Mosley was at a bar. So what? I mean, so so when he opts out, now he's gonna stay in his house and quarantine for the next year. It's not even realistic, man. Like, find something else to complain about. Uh, Sam don't understand that he has nothing but the scapegoat at this point. They're throwing him, they're throwing him trash weapons to make him look bad on purpose. I don't think they want. I don't think they want to look bad on purpose. I just think that they're just not helping him at all. They're just kind of saying, you know what, make the guys around you better, and this is the kind of hand you're being dealt. But you know, I definitely don't think it's on purpose. But yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue that they're doing everything they can to help him out. I mean, when you're sitting on all that money and all those draft picks, and you have a, I mean, you're you're trotting out seventh and eighth string wideouts at this point. It's it's asinine to do that to a young quarterback. So it's hard to argue differently. Darnold on another team with players and a good coach. They're winning the bowl. I wouldn't say they're winning the Super Bowl, but I say if you put Sam Darnold on the Buffalo Bills, I'm sure they're still winning football games. You put Sam Darnold on, say, what, the Arizona Cardinals or the Baltimore Ravens or all these other teams that have really good programs, I'm sure Sam's going to play quite well. And he's, he's, he's in the worst situation of football right now. Yeah, and on that same token, if, if you put Kyler Murray with the Jets, you put Josh Allen with the Jets, where are those quarterbacks at right now? What's the conversation on them? Probably not what we're talking about with them right now because they're with good coaches, with number one wideouts and Diggs and Hopkins. Yep, Those organizations are doing right by them. Truly lemonade. I like. That's what I'm having right now, actually. Yep, same. <laughs> so, Jake, we're with how, you, man. How do we not have like a Truly sponsor or something at this point? I know. Somebody help us out here. Let's see. When people say tank for Trevor, I'm convinced they don't watch the games and just go by wins and losses. They complain he does not have a lot of passing yards. That's on gauge for the five-yard pass calls. Listen, you want to criticize Sam. We just outlined for the last three weeks all the problems around Sam and all the things that are going wrong, and they say, oh, he sucks. I mean, it's the worst situation in football to be a quarterback. By far. By far. It's, it's not even it, close. It's not even close at all. Not even close. Not even a comparison. And <laughs> last night was uh, last night was you got Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing you know with three touchdowns, running for another one with Chan Gailey, uh, guys that we jettisoned out of the building. I mean, every other organization right now it seems like are running at least a competent offense, and yeah. we have a, a talented young quarterback that we could not be doing more to help regress. Next comment is a good one. Gase was a hundred percent honest when he, did, <laughs> he didn't have a play for the fourth and seventh play. So sad. That was mind blowing, dude. I've never in a million years heard a, heard a comment like that. And people are like, okay, like, like, how did people? That should have been it. That should have been it. Like, if you're um, Chris Johnson or Joe Douglas and you hear that comment and you're like, okay, I have confidence in this coach where he's overwhelmed by fourth and seven. Like, he, he's baffled by that. Last night, the Jaguars were down three scores. They went for it, I think, on fourth and 11 or something like that. I mean, every other team has something in their playbook that they're at least going to try on, on fourth down in late in the game when you, know, you have nothing else on the line. At the very least, you know, and Steve Young mentioned this. Show the perception that you care towards the end of games and you're not just mailing it in. Instill that attitude in your team that we're going to fight to the end here. We're not just mailing in games. Yep. 
Uh, next comment. Be honest, man. Should we bench Henry Anderson? You don't, you don't have to bite your tongue in the situation. Grant, when do we ever bite our tongue? <laughs> Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. We're not, we, 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 we don't have our credentials anymore. We don't have to play by the Jets games anymore. We can say whatever the fuck we want. That's why we have our whole new format here. Because we are free to say whatever we want. We don't, listen, Henry Anderson hasn't played well. For, he didn't play well last year. He's not playing well this year. He's grossly overpaid, and he'll definitely be gone next year, if not by the trade deadline or whatever else. They can get anything for him. Yeah, that that was, again, it was a great trade when they made it because you got a guy that played well for only a seventh-round pick, but then when they extended him for only nine million, or it was, what, three years, $27 million, $9 million per year, I'm like, yep. that's a lot of money, so you better get that production. And we didn't see it year one. We're, we're not seeing it now at all. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. he's grossly overpaid, and you have other young guys I think you probably prefer to see out there. Next one, Sam managed a game pretty well last week despite abysmal play calling and, you know, <laughs> college-level college receivers. That gives me hope. No, if you look at from week one to week two, Sam definitely played better. He had better command of the offense with more fire, more crisp on his passes. Footwork was a little sketchy at times, but he looked he looked a lot more comfortable. It's just they're dropping passes, the play calling is horrendous, and everything else happens. It's, it's like an uphill so, battle every week for him. It's so annoying to me how, like, the, the media, even in a good game for Sam, where it was clear, like the play calling was setting him back. You have the media, you know, doing all these, uh, you know, screenshots of his footwork, you know, calling yeah. that out. And I'm just like, yeah, I say this every week, but like guys like Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers, they make these plays that are unorthodox. And I yeah. think Sam has that ability in him. Yet we criticize every time that he does something wrong like that, where his footwork isn't proper, you know, his mechanics are a little bit off. Like that's part of his game. And I don't want to take that away from well, him. Well, it's part of his game. Like the touchdown pass he had was beautiful. So exactly. that's fine when you have that kind of play, but when your fundamentals are off and you're throwing the ball into the ground or it's an errant pass, that's when it gets exposed. Like he's got to be more consistent as a passer. You know what I mean? No, I, I completely agree. He's got to be more consistent. And, you know, obviously the fundamentals will help with that, but I also think that he can make all of those throws when, you know, certain things break down, the play breaks down, he's yeah. facing pressure, he's got to throw off the back foot. He can still make those throws and get the ball there. I expect the defense to step up is the next comment. Well, stop Jonathan Taylor. Front and center. Quinn and Williams and boys have got to stop the running game and make Philip Rivers beat you. Simple as that. Yep. And Philip Rivers, like I said, I'm actually a Philip Rivers fan. I've always liked Rivers. I did. Just like that gunslinger you know, mentality. He's such a prick, too. He talks shit to everybody. And I like that, but he throws a lot of interceptions. And if you can get him off his game, get in his head a little bit, but that requires a pass rush and getting through this offensive line, which is a bunch yeah. of just 
they're just as good as it comes, man. And that's why, I mean, I worry about what the Colts' uh, offensive philosophy is going to be coming into this game. If they come out with the approach, you know, let's keep it conservative, try and ground and pound, control the clock, you know, Jets' offense isn't going to put up points, you might have a competitive game into the third, fourth quarter. But if they come out, you know, just trying to put up points, put this one away early, you know, attack our secondary, which is decimated by injuries right now, you know. Yeah, I sound like they're going to do that. I think they're going to ground the pound. That's and what then I think one, and once they do that, then you're going to have T.Y. Hilton deep play action pass, which Rivers can do. You have the the tight ends. You have a bunch of guys with some speed. Get Pittman involved. I mean, they could do some things, man. I think. Yep. And then it's like the other thing that's kind of interesting we really haven't touched on yet is, you know, Greg Williams has a lot of pride, and his defense took a beating this week in terms of lack of effort, not flying around. You saw the third. You saw the third and thirty-one. You saw the eighty-yard touchdown run untouched, which is fucking ludicrous. He could have a spirited effort from his team where they're going to be. He probably with them right act. And like maybe if anybody has some kind of integrity on his team, it's him and his staff. Well, they you know they kind of cracked the whip this week and said, "Listen, we gotta get the shit together here." So they could come out, you know, out the gun a little bit faster than last week. That's a possibility. No, definite possibility. But then if your offense is going three and out on you know the first two or three possessions, then try some kind of positivity. I'm just saying, after you know a certain amount of time, it's like all right, the offense isn't doing anything; it's all on us. Usually, you see the the high start to crash a little bit. Joe Douglas has been abysmal with free agent acquisitions. Hasn't been. I mean, this this offseason has been a little rough for him. Other than George Fant, I mean, what not is there? too great. <laughs> Especially of all the positions in need that you had. I mean, there's not – I mean, what's, what's been truly addressed? And other than, like, the draft, coming into the season, what's really been addressed? We're like, oh, shit, that, that – you know, I guess McGovern, we're hoping, but now he's hurt. Yep. I mean, even, where else? I mean, I mean, I thought he got good value on the pool and Jenkins signings, but even yep. those guys have pretty much been invisible the first two weeks. Haven't heard their names really at all. Um, yeah, there's, there's not much else. Alex Lewis, he gave a ton of money. I don't know if he's really worth that. Same thing with Van Roten. You replaced him with uh, yep. or with winners. I don't know. Not too much. Every single ex-player has said, regardless of football, Gay simply isn't a leader of men. Keyshawn Irvin, Antonio Cromartie went on the Colin Coward show. Every Everybody. I mean, it's it's up and down. You see it. Um, and it's just it's very frustrating to watch when everybody sees it but the ownership. The Ed, the Ed, Reed, the Ed Reed one was the one that did it for me last week or last year when you know he was at the practice facility and he showed the you know facility in the background. Yep. Certain coaches get jobs that they're you know yep. they're not entitled to and Kamari said the same thing yesterday. Yep. Um, next comment. Watching other games is like watching a different sport. This team could barely move the ball past the fifty. Most teams can drive down the field with twenty five seconds. <laughs> And kick a field goal, score a touchdown. Tyler, you're dead right. Like I will say, like I'm so excited. This game's at four o'clock on Sunday. I could watch exciting football at one, and then at four o'clock I'll be miserable to about seven. Then I'll talk to you for an hour and a half. Yeah, and I watch by the time we get to this game. Yeah, (laughs) it's it's just not fun, man. It's just not fun right now. It's next comment. Gase needs to be fired during the bye week. When is the bye week this year? It's week what? Week eight, week nine, something like that. I think it's later this this year. Because I mean, to me, to me, if they if they're zero and four and they lose to the friggin' Broncos, oh, week twelve, oh, week we can't wait that oh, long. Week 11. No. Yeah, no, definitely not. If they if they get to if they yeah, lose to the 11. Broncos to Bortles or Driscoll, dude, that's the end right there. You can't go zero and four and lose on on primetime football to a backup quarterback. You can't. I mean, they have they they they've been known to do that. They do that, and that'll be the end of that. Well, I was gonna say after after the Denver game. I mean, what game are you winning? You got Arizona at L.A., Buffalo, KC, New England, Miami before the bye week. Hmm. So great, man. These shows are gonna be awesome. <laughs> Joe Douglas has done more bad than good fellas. I smell Mike Mack, terrible free agent signings, can only draft first round picks. 
I mean, this is his first draft, dude, and we're like three games in, two games in. Dude, this draft class, first of all, they're all hurt. We haven't even seen him on the field yet. Like Mims could come on the field and be a superstar for all we know. You can't you can't even assess this draft class for another two years. The free agent now, Douglas is going to get tested next year because next year is the year when he has all the money. He has what thirty something million plus. He cuts all these guys, and that's when you see what his mindset is. If he's become you know a bargain basement shopper, is he actually a splurge and bringing legitimate talent? At least McKagan had the first year where he was executive of the year. He got Marshall oh, for a fifth, right. Fitzpatrick for a sixth, made the trade, you know, the year after for Demario Davis, even though he was stupid and didn't resign him. Like there were some moves like that where you're like, all right, uh, I'm waiting to see some of those moves from Joe Douglas, to be honest. Did you guys see that write up on Arthur Smith as a potential head coach? The guy turned Tannehill around, so he'd be good for Sam. I mean, right now, any top level offensive coordinator in the NFL is going to be a candidate for the Jets because we're so desperately in need of a you know, be enemies and all these guys. That's going to be a name in everybody's list. It's like you see a top guy, boom. People are saying Josh McDaniels again. He'll never come here, but, you know, that's not – it's so – no, you know it's so frustrating too, dude? We're week three. We're talking about the draft and who we're going to hire next as a coach. We got still 14 more games to play. Well, we, we know we need an offensive mind. We thought we were getting it with Adam Gase, with the coach who's coaching football to where it's going. It's clear he's not, so – you know, we're uh, obviously we're going to talk about potential options. I mean, Arthur Smith is a potential candidate right there, but I, I do like the enemy and we'll see who else becomes available. I know you've been big on, you know, bringing in a guy that's established, you know, a veteran that can bring a presence. Yep. I just don't know who might be available between now and the end of the year. This is a phenomenal comment by Max. Remember when people were happy to see Robbie Anderson walk? Not only yep. do I remember it, we were taking calls saying, fuck him. We don't need him. Perryman yep. is just as good, if not better. Perryman's a much, he's a more explosive player. He'll do this, he'll do that. Yep. Where are those people now? They're nowhere to be found. Now everybody's like, I can't believe we lost Robbie. It's just, it's how quickly this this changes, man. Let's see what we got here. A lot of Jamal Adams stuff. I mean, that's, this is something we talked about last week a little bit. Jamal yep. Adams speaks the truth. Said two years ago, problem wasn't coaching, it was a lack of dogs in the locker room. He was right about Mac. Comments this offseason about Gase and Joe or facts. I mean, like you said, we said it last time. Is Jamal went about it all the he went the wrong way completely? How he handled himself, his approach, you know everything else. But, but a lot of his comments are coming to fruition. But that was his only way to get out by yep. by, t by taking that approach and forcing the Jets' hand to trade him. That was his only way to get out. Otherwise, yep. the Jets would have held on to him, forced him to you know play this year under his rookie contract, and he had no desire to do that under this organization with Seattle, a winning organization, a winning culture. He's playing yep. under the same contract. That should tell you all you need to know. Everything that he has said has been fact. He did not want to be a part of this. Next comment. At least Joe didn't give out long-term contracts. Well, you know why? Because he, br he brought in Band-Aids. Like, I don't agree with that. Like, if your goal is to rebuild, you start trying to find building blocks for the future. All these one-year contracts. If you're signing bad players just to get like, a Band-Aid, that's not well, ideal with it. Because then you gotta you got to find the position next year then. It's just one more hole for next year. Well, again, for next year. Well, that's part of his philosophy, though, not to build through free agency, build through the draft. But the problem is when six of your nine draft picks aren't on the field right now, it makes that philosophy look pretty foolish. Yeah, and the whole thing is, too, is if you don't want to build through the draft, the biggest part of next year is going to be the $40 million in cap space they had to actually go sign players. Yeah, well, hold on. <laughs> no, 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 $40 million. They have $30 million this year that's rolling over into the projected – I'm saying, but you're like, – I'm, I'm saying you're, you're going to have like 80 to $90 million next year to spend, like – Right, you got to spend it on somebody, and it's I'm not going to be guys that are on the draft. Are they really, right doing, are they really building through the draft? Then I, I don't know what the plan is to be honest with no, you. But they're they're counting on it's not it's built through the draft, but we're going to have eighty million dollars to spend this year to buy the players we need because we can't. I mean, because are, are, are they though? 
Dude, I don't, I don't really don't know. I really don't understand much things about this organization right now. Darnold has lost all confidence just playing out the contract. I don't agree with that. The locker room has too many followers, not enough leaders. I do agree with that. Um, I don't think I don't think Darnold's like playing out his contract waiting to get out of here. I think the kid wants to win, wants to do it here. He's got a lot of pride. And he likes being here. It's just the party uh, packed against him. Like it's and, and I don't think he has enough spot, man. Yeah, and I don't I don't think he has enough, you know, fortitude or whatever right now to just come out like Avery Williamson did or like McDougald and actually question the coaching staff, question certain things about the play calling. I, I think he wants to, but I think he's holding back. He's going to be, he's going to be a professional. That's what Sam is. He's, he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. You know, he, he's not going to make this about him. He, he's going to play the company line. And, you know, I'd like to see him step up a little bit more and, and voice some of his displeasures, whether he's doing that privately with Gase or if he actually has to do it publicly, I'd like to see that. But you know, that that's not who he is, unfortunately. And just to follow up with that, Paul fires up one. It's honestly frustrating that Sam backs up Gase. He always sticks up from from the media. I'm not saying you should curse him out, but stick up for yourself. And Paul, I definitely agree with this one point because when they when the when the Heat started getting on Sam last week, he started regurgitating Gase comments or the analytics and shit like that. And I'm like, you know, even like even though I know understand that Aaron Rodgers is thirty thousand more times accomplished than Sam will ever be at this point. But there are times when Adams would question Mike McCarthy. He would come out and be like, listen, this play call just didn't work. And, like, he'd go back and say, listen, like, this wasn't going to work. Like, he just said the shit didn't work right. Like, the play call wasn't right, the wrong time. Like, he just come out and just say it. And once in a while, you want to see some kind of fire. Like, we saw fire out of Sam last year. Remember last year when he yelled back at Gase? When he could tell he went right back at him, like, down yep. on the sideline? Yep. You want to see a little bit more of that now. Especially, okay, you've had two bad losses. If this, this game starts going in the tank, show some frustration with your coach a little bit. Like, listen, man. I can't keep throwing these fucking screen passes. They're killing us. Like, just kind of open up your mouth and say something. And if, if you're saying it behind closed doors and it's not getting through to anybody, then it's time to be a little more animated on the sideline, make it a stink, and, and let the pressure get the case that way then. No, absolutely. And him and, you know, aside from him, Joe Douglas, those are the two guys that can probably change the narrative a little bit on Adam Gase. Speak up a little bit more. Let your frustrations be known. I think he needs to do that. I just don't think that's in his natural nature to do that. Let's see. This is the this is the biggest problem I think there is right now. Gase will not change his gameplay as he believes it is an execution issue, not a play calling issue. Said it this that, way. Is, that is the most frustrating aspect of him. It's never the play call, it's always the player. And that drives me insane. And that's why he's not a leader of men. That's why that locker room's probably like, fuck you, dude. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they probably sit and watch the press conference, like, oh, here he goes. There's coach burying us again. Like, how you can't buy into him, dude. There's no way you can buy into his approach, his mindset, and his leadership when he's constantly always getting a scapegoat. It's always a player. See, the problem is, like, there there are some plays where he would actually be correct, like Chris Herndon dropping a touchdown in the end zone. That's execution. That's not on him. He called the right play. Darnold executed it. Should have been a touchdown. Herndon dropped the ball. So that's not on him. That's fine. Problem is, you're not giving these players enough opportunities to make up for those mistakes. Yep. How many times, third and long, you know, any time in a, in a crucial down, you're calling the screen passes behind the line of scrimmage. Players see through your bullshit. So, you know, again, getting them to buy in, getting them to believe, you're not doing that. People can see right through you and what you're calling. You're not inspiring anybody. Yeah, you like you like you see that. You see it in like any sport. You gravitate towards certain people. Like, just say for example, and I know he's gone, but people would gravitate towards Jamal Adams. He was that fiery, emotional leader. Or in the past, you had guys like the Jets had so many good, strong leaders over the years. With it, you know, Curtis Martins, Mo Lewis, all these prominent players. You know, even Chad Pennington, they were guys, Kevin Y, Nick Mangold, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, like guys that were strong, powerful men that you knew that did the right thing, knew when to say at the right time. 
you know, and they don't now it's just even even from a coaching perspective, Rex had guys every week willing to mm-hmm. run through a brick wall for him. Mm-hmm. For, for forget about the X's and O's and certain things that you know were clearly you know deficiencies as far as him as being a head coach. He had guys every week playing 100 for him. Yep, he was able to do that. Adam Gase, he doesn't inspire that out of anybody. How do we blame Joe for all the flaws if we all agree Gase can't coach anyone? How do we know what JD is bringing is good talent? Or if Gase is so bad as a coach, he couldn't coach a fish to swim. Look That's at the wide. Uh, I mean, yes, it's absolutely fair. But again, the the wide receivers to to say that that's a talent. I mean, there's no talent at the wide receiver position. Chris Hogan, anybody could have signed him about you know four weeks ago. He was out there, and then you have two other undrafted free agents that you're trying to you know get reps right now. So again, I understand all the injuries and everything else, but you need to do more at a certain point. You need to do more to help out your quarterback. So I think it's a combination you know, Joe Douglas hasn't done enough talent wise. And with the talent that is here, Adam Gase clearly has not, you know, elevated it to any extent. Yeah. I mean, there's, yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> such a mess, man. It's just like, you look at like, I'm going to these comments. There's so much like anger and just negativity. It's just like, I mean, I don't even know where to, <laughs> we got another one. Seeing you two on YouTube is therapeutic. <laughs> Thanks. At least you two show up. Every yeah. week. I can't, John, I can't guarantee you at eight o'clock on Sunday night, what this show is going to be like, if they, get, <laughs> if they get blown out and it's been a long day of just watching football, this show can go to a whole other level on Sunday. I mean, I'm actually kind of excited for that. should be a fun show. Uh, is it possible for the Jets to recover under the ownership of the Johnson family? Or is this a Dolan's Nick situation where only new ownership will rescue the Jets? I think the Johnsons can save themselves by butting the fuck out and handing this team over to a front office that knows what the hell they're doing. And just leave football decisions to football people. Then the problem you're going to have is when they hire a new coach, who's going to make the final decision? Who's going to have the most influence on a decision? Can Joe Douglas you know, do all the, the research, all the legwork, do all this stuff? Say, hey, listen, this is the guy that's a slam dunk candidate. Or is Chris Johnson going to be like, you know what? I need somebody else. I want somebody else. I have my own favorite. That's the problem, I think. It should be Joe Douglas and his regime, you know, in the front office making the decision. But yes, you absolutely worry that the Johnsons might interfere. Um, And even the the one time that the Dolans, you know, kind of backed off and said, all right, we're going to let the basketball people make the decisions. They gave the reins to Phil Jackson, who didn't give a shit and nothing changed. Exactly. checks. Yep. Exactly. So nothing changed there. So again, you hope Joe Douglas is different that him and his, you know, guys that he's brought in here will find the right head coach, but until you actually see it happen, I mean, I understand anybody that's skeptical at this point. Next comment. Van Roten is going to get eaten alive by Buckner this week. Very scared for Sam with no weapons and a bum coaching calling plays. Yeah, this this defensive front gets after it, man. They they put, I mean, they just completely ate up the Vikings last week. Cousins looked like a shell of himself. Dalvin yep. Cook got eaten up. I mean, they were just swarming everywhere. Darius Leonard's an all-pro caribou player. Buckner, I mean, it's just his name. I wrote it down. I keep saying it. I keep forgetting it. Though, for some reason. Autry. Defensive end on the went from a tackle to the end. God, no, listen, man. Colts defense plays pr- pl- plenty of speed, plenty of athleticism, and, and they get after it. They're aggressive. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this is a good matchup for Sam at all, especially with two offensive linemen down and a bunch of receivers down. Yeah, Greg Williams took fall for it in a press conference in terms of poor play and everything else. But now you got to see it this weekend. Like, like this team right now, like all like, and it was so predictable after getting criticized for having poor practice habits. Dude, hey, you could have been Right, you, you could bet money on it. I was just waiting for it day by day, and I was like, Oh, here it comes. Great week of practice. We're all flying around. So similar to the coat tight days, it's eerie. Like, I'm gonna go back and find all these press conferences. I'm gonna send them to you, prime time. You're, you're gonna be like, 
holy shit, it's eerie house. It's just so similar, man. I'm so glad I was young enough at that time that I didn't care about the press conferences. I just I got in the car and I went home after. Uh, <laughs> Chris Hogan is going to go off this week. Well, yes, he, he may not have a choice. He's probably going to be your primary option. Yeah, he's your number one at this point. Can you imagine? Oh, God. Let's see. I don't understand people saying Sam is the problem. Sam is our franchise guy. Dude has as many weapons as a JV high school team. This, this is a good time, I guess, to bring up the Jets-Colts trade because every everybody in the media uh, is yeah. bringing that up now. So uh, I guess anybody that's listening, I mean, if you guys want to chime in in the comments, I'm curious what you guys think. Who won that trade? And can you really judge it at this point with what we've done with Sam, what we surrounded him with? At the time, it was one of those one of those rare trades where you viewed as both teams won. The Jets finally got their franchise quarterback that they haven't had for 40 years. The Colts, you know, got three starters, um, you know, a couple of uh, rotational players as well. I think they ended up with like five picks out of that trade after they traded down. So, yeah, I mean, it, it looked like at the time one of those deals where both teams won, yet now here we are talking about Sam and all these questions. It, yep. It's interesting. Why do you not blame Sam Darnold when he is bad? I guess T.T. Wims, you don't follow this show at all <laughs> because when Sam doesn't play well, we rip the shit out of him. We don't pull punches at anybody. We criticize Sam for bad footwork when he took that terrible sack for his errant throws. We criticize him for everything. And we say he has to play a lot better. We don't, we don't, we share the blame here. We'd right. I mean, prime time, no, we don't, we don't yeah. give him a pass at all. No, not at all. I mean, you criticized him probably a little bit more than I did because, you know, again, I'll, I'll still piss me off. <laughs> no, absolutely. And again, he, he should be critiqued when he does stupid things like taking a sack and not running out of bounds or, you know, throwing an interception across his body, like stupid things like that, stupid decisions. Absolutely criticize him. But again, it, it's hard to criticize him without acknowledging the situation that he's in, the guy who's calling the plays, the talent that's around him at wide receiver. It, it's hard to, you know, put blame on a 23 year old kid when you're giving him shit to work with. What happened to Dante Moncrief? Didn't they sign that a practice squad? He's a good vet to have out there. Yeah, Dante Moncrief was signed, and he proceeded <laughs> to get hurt. That's the problem. He's on the he's on the practice squad injury reserve. We're creating new injury reserves now for players. Unbelievable. Do you think other coaches on this staff are secretly waiting for Gates to be fired and mentally preparing themselves to get the call and take over? It wouldn't surprise me. This is a cutthroat business, man. They're probably counting on days that this guy's out of here, right? They're probably tolerating him at this point. Wouldn't shock me at all especially again, a guy like Jim Bob Cooter, maybe, or even Greg Williams, who's been, you know, promoted to head coach mid season. Uh, I'm sure in the back of their minds, they're definitely thinking that here. And this is the guy that I criticize. So we can put him bright spot. Ficken is perfect <laughs> on the year. There you go. And huh? the punter is really good too. Yeah. yeah. Special teams stepping up. Could someone please explain to me what the hell is going on? Pierre Desir. Jesus. He's not <laughs> terrible. He's not terrible. Right. He looks slow. Yeah. It looks like he doesn't care. He's collecting a check. He can give a shit right now. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, I know – what was the injury that he had? I forget. It was like a hamstring or something, I think, towards yep. the end of camp. So, I mean – but, again, you knew that coming in when you signed him, when you gave him $6 million, that he had injuries last year, which is why his play declined. You were, you know, hoping on lightning in a bottle that he would return to the 2018 form, and you just – you haven't seen that at this point. It's been Tremaine Johnson 2.0 just for a little bit less money. If the Eagles go 0-4, 0-5, do we maybe get a shot at Joe Douglas's boy in Philly? They're gonna, fire, they're gonna fire Doug Peterson? I don't think so. I mean, I just, dude, I, I would pray for anything. The Eagles, and the funny thing is, the Eagles are struggling now because of all the bad drafts they had. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that. Right? We want to discuss I'm, that I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that, and not me, because I was gonna bring that up. I was like, well, those are all Joe Douglas's drafts out there. So, but Jesus. then, so it's funny because Joe Douglas gets credit for the Super Bowl winning team, but all the bad drafts were he wasn't in charge. It's like that kind of d double edged sword. Oh my goodness, there's one then. <laughs> 
off of the house for Jim Harbaugh, I would fire Joe Douglas and give him full control like Raiders and Gruden. I would. Well, Gruden doesn't have full control. They got Mike Mayock. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back out there. But I like Jim. I mean, Jim Harbaugh would be that. That's one of those credibility guys, even though he's yeah. been terrible in Michigan. But Harbaugh comes in, you get instant credibility, instant respect. I mean, right? You know you're going to get the team's going to be in shape. They're going to be physical. They're going to play. No, listen, I, I wouldn't. I would be down with that, but the problem is with Douglas having four years left on his contract, this ownership is not paying Joe Douglas four years yeah. not to, to work here. It's just not. And I like to have both of them, have Harbaugh and, Jim, and Joe Douglas. Like, I wouldn't mind that at all. I wouldn't either, but does Douglas want his own guy that he can groom, or is he willing to have a guy that has that much authority? I, I don't know. Do either of you gentlemen remember the reasons why the owner from the Dolphins released him? Well, he wasn't getting – they weren't getting along at all. There was a ridiculous power struggle between him and, and the – I was uh, saying, didn't he blame ownership for, like, yep. a lot of the problems and shit? Yeah. He wasn't getting along – wasn't getting along with the general manager. I mean, him and, him and Tannenbaum had an issue too, didn't they? they and then it was like they changed it. There were all kinds of problems down there. Um, we're every single one of those problems here. Yeah, yep. Do you think the Giants made the right choice drafting Daniel Jones or should they have drafted Donald the year before? Well, it's, it's hard to answer that question now because Saquon Barkley's hurt. You know, and if we, you know, that Sparkly well, right off the bat was good. I wouldn't take a running back that high, but that's what they did. And to me, honestly, I think Daniel Jones showed a lot of potential. So, you know, it's tough because because Barkley's hurt, but I think Daniel Jones is a pretty good player, man. He's he's been per- impressive so far. At the time, I thought the Giants made the absolute wrong decision, only because they were basing it on Eli Manning still having some shelf yep. life left. That they thought, yep. you know, he still had another year or two where they could win with that window, and they were just a running back away when they were so far away. So, from that perspective, yes, I, I think they made the wrong decision. But yeah, the following year, taking Jan, uh, Daniel Jones, I even questioned that pick. I we thought fun of it. Yeah, exactly. I, I thought they should have went Haskins at the time, but to to this point, Daniel Jones, he, he's proven us wrong. He's he's taken some hits, gotten up, making some he's got plays. A big arm. Exactly. You know, he, he does some things where you're like, all right, this, this kid's pretty impressive. So uh, I can't complain right now with that. I, I think the Giants are pretty Yeah, and you, think, and you think if the Giants didn't take Barkley, would they have taken Rosen? That would have been a fiasco too. So it's yep. like you don't even know who they would have taken. Yep. Um, this organization is a dumpster fire. Let's be real. Justin, we've been saying that for two weeks now, Start, starting with the owners. Like we're not – we're pretty disgruntled right now. Um, next one. I don't think people realize how much power Adam Gase has. I'm pretty sure he was behind drafting Ashton, Perrine, and Morgan. He hated Adams, Bell, and Darnold, respectively. He's making all the moves. So, again, going back to Miami where he hated, you know, all those players, shipped a lot of guys out that now look at Tannehill, look at Devontae Parker, Jacecki. The list goes on of players that once they left Adam Gase are playing well. So if he has a problem with a superstar talent, you know, Jamal Adams or even, you know, Sam Darnold, that speaks more about him 
and his ego and not being willing to adjust and adapt and do certain things to cater what his players do well. I mean, what, what else are you supposed to draw from that? Everybody that leaves him seems to go on to bigger and better things. Yep. Here's the, here's the weekly, let's get Alan Robinson comment. We've all said, go for it. I mean, that's, but now according to, it looks like they're trying to work things out in Chicago. Things are going to get ironed out. We'll see what happens there. But I mean, there's not, I mean, the thing is like, you're hoping to see like guys get, you know, some kind of like trade rumors or rumblings and there's nothing out there right now. It's so quiet because there's so many frigging injuries, man. Like teams are just decimated with injuries. So like the guys they do have, they're keeping. And I'll go back to what I said last week. I mean, I still think it's a legitimate conversation to have at this point in the year where your team is just, it's legitimately a bottom three, bottom four roster in this league. Do you give up significant draft capital to go get somebody like Allen Robinson if, if the opportunity presents itself, if it ends up saving Adam Gase, if there's enough progress made throughout this year where it's like, oh, he just needed that wide receiver. Now we won five or six games. Next year, we're going to expect to win eight or nine. That's all he needed. Well, yeah. no, like if he's the biggest problem, I want him out the door as soon as possible. I don't want to give him any help to, you know, see another year of this shit. JD seems like a cutthroat guy. Look what happened with Jamal Adams. He made a great business decision. Did he? Well, actually, no, he didn't because uh, we, uh, we'll go down this path again if we have to. But if he's such a great business decision, you have this conversation before the draft and you get the value then. Or if you determine at that point that you can get a deal done with him, you get a deal done and you avoid all of this bullshit. That that's the this one, been avoided. That's the one aspect of this that just didn't make any sense. Where it's like you knew you had a player that wanted a contract. He was your best player. He exceeded expectations throughout his first three years here. Deserved the contract. You know, four or five other players from the same draft class in the top, you know, ten picks have all gotten extensions since then. So why wouldn't you extend them all? I mean, there's uh, a, yeah. I'm not so listening. It was just a matter of having the conversation. Have the conversation and truly gauge, okay, does this player want to be here, yes or no? And, and if you thought no, trade him before the draft and you help Sam out this year. If not, if you if, you know, if you know, sense that he wanted to be here, well, give him the contract. You yep. know, one or the other should have happened, yet you put it off until after the draft and then it blew up in your face because he forced his way out to the point where you didn't have a chance or a choice yeah. but to trade him. So, yep. again, I, I respect that he got the two first-round picks. I thought that was good value back. But for a team that needs talent, trading away talent, trading away leadership, that's uh, – Yeah, and if, he, and if he's so cutthroat, then somebody should be cut over the last two weeks. That's underperforming. Like, if you're so cutthroat and hardcore where you're like, you know what, my way, the highway, this is what I want, you have an entire group of players that are underperforming, not even earning their contracts. So then cut somebody. Make your statement. He hasn't done shit either. So I'm not giving him that whole cutthroat thing, and I'm not buying that one. Along with all the other horribleness, what's going on with our special teams coverage? Punts inside the 15 bounce around for 10 minutes, and nobody in green and white ever seems to appear, and our kickoff return blocking. That's because they cut Trenton uh, Cannon. That's why. Well, and you also got to keep in mind there's also no preseason either, man. That a lot of this stuff can't be practiced. The speed of the game, the hitting, the violence, all that stuff, that was kind of expected. I think a lot of the coaching staff said that over all throughout the NFL. They said special teams the only thing you can't really simulate and practice like that. That's more of like a you know a preseason kind of deal. I've seen other teams get down there and pin punts inside the five. Listen, man, I'm just saying what they tell me. I'm just trying to think of what I I don't I don't <laughs> I'm trying to make I don't tell you here. Oh my god, a lot of Trevor Lawrence stuff. We're not talking. We're not talking Trevor Lawrence, man. I can't. I don't have the. I just don't have the energy for it. Um, I I just want to know what would be different if we drafted Trevor Lawrence. What what would be different? 
right aside, now. Aside, yeah, from I mean, reset, aside from resetting the the clock on when to pay your quarterback, what what changes? I mean, you got you're looking at a complete. I mean, you need first of all, the thing you wonder about is if you get a whole new coaching staff in here, what can they do with Sam Darnold? That's your number one question. Yep. Then you know it's like that's that's the problem you have. That's why I can't I can't get into it. That's like a draft thing. Yeah. Um. Here we go. How does Gase not change his game plan after Bosa and the other? I mean, the edge threat from San Francisco disappeared in the first half, and not, that's not gonna be interesting. But that's the same thing for this weekend, though. They're gonna face a formal pass rush this weekend. The Colts get after it. How does he adjust to that, or does he let Sam take a beating? But you know I mean, that, but not. That's, but not only that, though. For last week, once Bosa went down, and especially after a few plays where you see just Beckton absolutely mauling the guy in front of him. Why not run to his side? He was asking for it. He was dominating everyone that was put up against him. Why not run to that side? I, I mean, it, certain things seem like common sense, yet, you know, Adam Gase chooses to do things his way, and, you know, we get the same results. I, I don't get it. A coach that says it's an execution problem then puts in a place that his team cannot execute is <laughs> a bad coach period. Yeah, I mean, this is just – and, and players are smart enough at this point to see through it. Uh, you know, I said that earlier – Players at, at this level, they know what good coaching is and they know what bad coaching is. And they, they've seen this enough with Adam Gase. A lot of these players were here when Adam Gase was a coach in Miami as well. They know what he is. They're, they're not being fooled at this point. I almost feel sorry for you guys. You know <laughs> what's so funny, man? We've been doing this for a while now. We have more Buffalo Bills fans interacting with us. And it's been it's been a lot of fun, to be honest with you. Listen, we're happy for you guys. Enjoy the ride. You rebuilt the right way. You have the young quarterback. You have the players around them. You've got a very good head coach. Good for you guys, man. Listen, enjoy the ride because, you know, these two fan bases suffer a lot of shit. I mean, the Bills actually made the Super Bowl a bunch of times. They didn't win. At least they made the Super Bowl. We can't even get to that point. But, hey, man, good for you guys. No, again, I have no hate towards the Bills. They're doing it the right way. They've surrounded Allen with talent. It's an easy team to root for in spite of them being a division rival. But, you know, anybody but the Pats, I'm, I'm happy with. And we're going to do a few more. We're going to do some game predictions here, which I'm, I just feel a problem. <laughs> Let's see. You know, now, we're, now we're going to do a sponsors thing here. Tyson is Eat Clean Bro legit program. Well, first of all, I have their cup. <laughs> I, and actually, I, I've eaten Eat Clean Bro. It's uh, very good, very good portions. I know Jamie's very – I mean, they're just a lot of fighters, a lot of UFC fighters. Frankie Edgar swears by him. He has the uh, – what the hell is the one he has? He has the one with the prime rib. There's good meals, man. Try it out. This is a pretty good package. Um, see that prime time? I even get eat clean, bro. <laughs> Let's no, see. Absolutely. Jamie's a man. Yeah, he is. And if you guys – we got since we're doing plugs right now, prime time, let's change this up real quick. Plug, plug your magazine, man. Yeah, so uh, check out NYSF Mag. Uh, we just put out the uh, September issue a few weeks ago, uh, starting to work on the October one. Um, I, I need to get a little bit better as far as, you know, putting out content on there. You know, it's been a little bit of a struggle. But, yeah, check out NYSF Mag. You know, trying to you know, just keep it up to date on all the New York sports teams. Yeah, and my little plug is NJMMAShop.com. We make uh, T-shirts for MMA fighters. We currently have two CFFC champions under our label here that we just made shirts for. And our, we have an American flag shirt and a New Jersey flag on it with 10% goes to Community Food Bank in New Jersey. Check that out. See that? We did we did some promotion here, Primetime. First time in a while. <laughs> we get sick and sidetracked. <laughs> uh, I believe the only bright spot this week is the defense. I believe they will play better. I hope so, man. I can see that. I think I think Greg Williams is going to rally the troops, and I think they're going to get after it. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is a hell of a running back, though, man. He, he's but, pretty good. 
And that's where you'll see the the respect for Greg Williams versus the respect for Adam Gase. I don't think anybody on the offense really has any respect for Adam Gase. I think the defense we saw last year has a lot of respect for Greg Williams, and I don't think they'll just go down that way. Hey, I'm a Niners fan here in the West Coast. I'm just here to listen to you guys dunk on Gase. It's good, cheap fun. Carry on, fellas. Thank you for the support. It's so funny, dude. We go through the comments. And first of all, thank everybody for leading comments. We try to answer all of them. Um, and it's so many fans from across the NFL, and they're all saying the same thing. Oh, man, I was here to watch you guys bash Gase. Like, tune in Sunday night around 8 o'clock. <laughs> it's amazing how many people feel sorry for us. but It's pathetic we, at this point. We don't, we don't want any sympathy. We just want better football. This is a phenomenal point here. Remember for years when we always had a decent position players everywhere except for quarterback? Finally get a quarterback, and we have absolutely nothing around him. Facts. Bullseye. Facts. That's a great one. That, that was the conversation every year. We had a dominant offensive line. A lot of those years, we had great receivers, Santana Moss, Lavernius Coles, Corbett, you know, even the year with uh, Marshall and Decker. Yep. You know, it, it seemed like we always had talent on offense, just not the quarterback. And even on defense, you know, Revis, you know, a bunch of those years, John Abraham, those defensive lines with Sean Ellis, you know, Rex Ryan coaching those defenses. Yet we just, you know, we had a rookie quarterback. You know, now we finally have the quarterback, and it just doesn't seem like anything else is working around him. Um, Bryce Hall is legit if he gets healthy. Hope we get to see Zuniga soon. His explosiveness with Quinn and pushing the pocket up the middle should help out our terrible secondary. I mean, it'd be nice to see this draft class on the field, but the problem you're going to have with Hall and Zuniga is they had no training cap whatsoever. So you're going to come in as a rookie just being like, here you go. Welcome to the NFL. And what happened to Bryce Huff? What, what about this guy everybody keep telling us about? Is he going to play? Like, what is he going to do? Haven't seen him at all. Although – we should acknowledge, I guess, uh, John Franklin Myers. He had a few good. Uh, yeah, he did well, play well. Yeah, he had a, he had a few nice rushes last week. But you know, again, that was a guy that he picked up uh, on waivers last year. But yeah, some of these undrafted kids like Huff and you know a few others, you, you want to see them step up at, at some point. Yeah, a lot, a lot. We're not going to talk too much draft stuff tonight, man. We're going to preview wow. some more of this game. If you guys want to get your score predictions in, that'd be awesome. But we're not going to talk draft all this stuff. I mean, it's just it can't do it, man. Week three, um, everyone wants to talk draft. Yep. Prime time. What would be your what would be your one major key to the game? One major key. Yep. Force Philip Rivers into a few mistakes. You, you got to get a few picks. I, I think the Colts' uh, game plan is going to be to run the ball and try to keep it semi-conservative. Um, it's I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, and they're going to take their chances, you know, methodically. So if you can force Rivers into a few mistakes, whether it's you know a strip sack or you know an interception here and there, I don't know how we're going to do that with the secondary that we have. Um, but yeah, if you can force Rivers into a couple mistakes, I think this could be a competitive game, you know, going into the third and fourth quarter. Um, you know, especially if you could also establish the ground game. But yeah, you, you got to have the ball to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, let's be real. We want the Jets to get blown out by Indy so that Gase is fired quicker. And it's so funny because. We get that a lot. Like, all my friends are like, dude, you want them to lose, don't you? I'm like, listen, I hate Gase as much as everybody else does, and you want him fired. You want this nightmare over. But at the same time, I hate watching this team get blown out. Like, you hate Sam getting demoralized. You hate watching Sam get destroyed. Like, how would you feel, man, watching like a, like a 48-3 thumping on Sunday? It's miserable, dude. I, I'm torn on this because I think we're probably in agreement that Gase is the biggest problem with this team mm -hmm. right now. So – in order to eventually get to where we want to be, you have to get rid of the biggest problem. And so if a 43 or a 48 to three loss is going to do that, is it worth it for the long term for Sam? Probably. But yeah, you hate to watch it on, on game day. Absolutely. You, you want to sit back, have a few beers and you know, watch the team play well. But if it's going to get Gates out of here, what the hell? 
New Jersey Lauren. Imagine she changed her next comment. So she said, imagine Sam with Josh McDaniel. That would be awesome. But the problem is Josh McDaniel never come to the Jets ever. He will never, ever. That's like kind of a region he has with Belichick or some shit. He'll never come here. And that and the fact that he backed out of how many jobs already, too. You'd be scared to hire him. He backed out of what the Colts job. Oh, and yep. Yeah, Frank Reich was like their fourth uh, option, I think, at the time. Should have been our option, but he was just yep. too uh, – not. He wasn't, he wasn't experienced enough for us. God. Goddamn clown show. It's just – it's so tough, dude. It's really just so tough. Um, let's see. we got some score predictions here. Colts 27-17. Jets take a meaningless field goal on fourth and one. <laughs> Cover spread. I like it. Oh, uh, let's see. We got, I mean, these, these are, these are great. I love when we do this segment because they get all these crazy scores and you see the true colors of what people are trying to do. Holy cow. I got a lot of them. So I won't give me patience here. So Laverne's Coles comments. You got 30 to 14 Colts. <laughs> Santana. Moss, I don't know what's going on here. Santana Moss was so good. And they traded him <laughs> for that bum. Oh, Laverne's Coles wasn't a bum. He was actually very good, but yeah, I like Santana Moss, except he used to always run to the sideline. He catch the ball and dart to the sideline. Let's see. Let's get more. Let's, oh, we got a 36-13 bet the house on the cold spread. And speaking of spreads, Mr. Primetime, you're into the whole sports betting aspect of this. Yeah. 11, and a half, 11 and a half points. What do you think? That's actually a tough one. I'm probably going to avoid that. I'm going to wait for some of the player props to come out. But, yeah, me and uh, me and Panda will be doing a video tomorrow, probably in the morning. We'll have it posted on all the week three games. So, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, as far as the spread, again, like uh, – I think this is a toss-up. I don't think this is as sure of a thing as last week where I was all over the Niners covering the spread. I think this game could be a little bit closer just because I, I could see the Colts trying to play it a little bit more conservatively, not make mistakes, knowing that the Jets offense probably won't put up points with their receivers. Yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of, had a lot of predictions here had the Jets scoring less than 10 points, you know, 27-10, 21-6. 20, um, a lot of garbage time touchdowns for the Jets, which is not surprising. But if it's garbage time, that means Gay's kicking field goals because he doesn't. He just wants the points on the board. Um, let's see, what we got here. One question I saw, I, I missed it by accident. Was it who gets more carries, Gore or, or Perrine? Probably going to be Gore, but it should be Perrine. I mean, you know, you want to see what your youngsters have. Give him an opportunity if he's fully healthy. I mean, that would be all the more reason to. I don't know if he's still, you know, kind of lingering off that ankle injury. But, yeah, I, I would definitely uh, feature Perrine more than I would Gore. First time listening to your show from start to finish. You guys are like the R-rated show compared to the Jets 24-7 <laughs> guys. Well, I don't know who they are. But, listen, man, you think this is nothing. We're calm and collected now. If you want to see R-rated, Jake, <laughs> you should have saw our, our post-game show last week. Or you should have saw the uh, right after the Adam Gase uh, Woody jo or uh, Chris Johnson press conference. Or wait till Sunday at 8 p.m. Yeah, it's Sunday at 8 p.m. I guarantee you, you, you haven't seen R-rated yet. This this is a kind of this is a mellow Friday night right now. Yeah, this is this is uh we're in our best behavior right now. 38-8. Oh, 45-3. Oh. Like <laughs> gotta bury the ball after the game. Raffi coming out with some positivity. 16 to 7 Jets oh. in honor of Super Bowl three. <laughs> Joe Namath sells whatever's remaining of his soul to the devil. All right. I like that. I, like the, I hope. <laughs> Colts 30 to 14. Major key to the game. And I, I'll kind of go back to the games for one second. I think the key to the game, too, is is stopping the run against them, making, like you said, you got to just get after Phillip Rivers. You know, don't let Jonathan Taylor go off. You know, the other thing we haven't even talked about is covering tight ends, which the Jets have a problem doing. T.Y. Hilton and his speed, how do they handle him? Like, there's some matchups, especially inside linebacker, man, where you know, is Avery Williamson going to play? What's his level of speed? Can Blake Cashman, you know, hold up with the tight ends? You know, it's – Is Doyle going to – if Doyle plays with the Colts – Isn't Cashman still hurt? 
Is he still hurt? Oh, that's right. Jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> oh, my God. It never ends, drink. man. Never drink. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It never ends. Neville Hewitt, Neville Hewitt Christ. We'll be all right. 24-3. 27-3. Oh, this is just bad, 20, 27 man. 3 Jets? Whoa. We got 27. Can you – a lot of – let's see. I was – <laughs> these comments are coming so fast, I can't even keep up with them right now. Honestly, thank you guys. Y'all in the Jets talk, guys, make this garbage season kind of bearable. Well, that's our that's hey, that's we're, we're here. Rivera is going to kill us. 33 to 10 Colts. Rivera or Philip? I must be Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm, 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 I'm not I'm not too too worried about Rivers as much as I am the the Colts offensive line and, and their running game and some of their receivers. I mean, I, I think Rivers will make uh, he'll make the plays that are there. But, you know, he's not going to kill you the way that, you know, I think Josh Allen killed you week one where he yeah. was running all over the place, breaking tackles and, you know, hitting open receivers. Where Nick Mullins uh, did. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So prime time as we got a couple minutes left here. First of all, thank everybody for joining us. What is your official prediction? Well, I hate to do it, but I think this game is going to resemble uh, the Niner game last week where, you know, just better coaching, you know, Frank Reich, He's going to outcoach Greg Williams and Adam Gase. I, I don't even think it's a question at this point. Adam Gase has not proven he can plug and play. You know, when guys are injured and you're talking about two offensive linemen being out, your top five wide receivers being out, no Le'Veon Bell, I think that's going to be a, a huge struggle for the offense. So we'll be lucky to put up, you know, 20 points in this game. And I think the Colts with their offensive line, um, you know, to expect them not to put up 20 points would be crazy. So, again, I, I think this will be a, a pretty comfortable win for the Colts. It wouldn't shock me if the Jets – you know, keep it semi-competitive, like 20 to 10 or something like that going into the third quarter, maybe edge out, you know, a cover on the 11 and a half point spread. But as far as winning this game, I don't expect it at all. This is a trap game, man. A trap game for the Colts. You didn't trap. learn from last week? Trap game. But unfortunately, while this is a trap game, McGovern being out is the death blow for me. That was it. That When you take away the center and you bring in a guy that's completely unproven with no chemistry whatsoever, Sam Darnold, it sucked the life out of me. I could even I could even go with Adoga over Fant. Like, all right, you can find a way to kind of hold a fort on the right side, maybe get creative there. But the center is a big loss. Barrios being banged up now, it's like, what the fuck, man? Like, you, you're going to be down to you literally could be starting two undrafted free agents that have basically no experience whatsoever, and say, hey, Sam, go go find a way. So on offense, I expect nothing, especially because Gase just doesn't adjust or do anything. But I think the defense is going to give you a valiant effort. I think they're going to come to play, man, because they're going to. I'm sure Greg Williams, the first the first minute of the first meeting of this week, showed that 80-yard touchdown. Be like, what the fuck is this? And drilled it in their head over and over and over like, this is unacceptable. So I think the defense can probably hold their own for the first half, and they're, they're going to probably be on the field for like 20 minutes, and they're going to be exhausted. And then in the second half, they fall apart, and the game gets out of hand. So I'm going to say probably like 28-9, to 31-9. And the only reason why it's that – because Frank Wright calls the dogs off. They run the ball a lot and they don't they don't really pile on putting the 50s. So I think it's gonna be close. It'll be like a you know in the realm in the first half. Second half, defense is tired, offense doesn't do shit, and the blowout is on. And then you know, they just have a day on us. And I hate Ogletree too. Yes, Ogletree is a joke. I agree. He still pissed me off. I can't believe he's, he's on this team, so he's horrendous. So thank you guys for watching. One hour after the game on Sunday, so probably around eight o'clock. And uh, we'll see what happens, man. Have a <laughs> enjoy your weekend. It'll be fun. Talk to you guys later. Later.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.